2: Recorded live.
3: Happy day. happy day, oh, a happy day, oh, happy day. when Jesus was. When was, oh, when he was, he was. when Jesus was, when he, was. he walked he was. your sins away, oh, a oh, happy day. Oh, happy day. Happy oh, day, happy day, oh happy day, oh, happy day.
2: Eight minutes, eight minutes past the hour, this is your
4: Sunday, early Sunday morning gospel program. Morning Inspirations here on Talk to You in Jam Radio. Good morning to you and yours. morning scripture is coming from the book of Ezekiel, Thursday chapter, verses 11 through 13. Say unto them as I live, said the Lord God, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked turn from his way and live. Turn ye turn ye from your wicked ways,
2: for why will ye die? Therefore, Thou son of man, say unto the children of thy people the
4: righteousness of the righteous the righteousness of the righteous shall shall not deliver him in the days in the day of his transgression. Wickedness of the wicked he shall not fall thereby in the day that he turn, turn from his wickedness. Neither Shall the righteous be able to live for his righteousness? Say that is thinner. Say when, when I shall say to the righteous, live if he trusts his own righteousness to commit
2: iniquity. Righteousness shall not be remembered; his iniquity, in he shall die for it. I read to you the thirty-third chapter of Ezekiel, eleven to thirteen. The Word of God. Ten minutes, ten minutes past the hour. Thank you.
3: Thank <laughs> you.
2: morning inspirations with Minister Kenneth
3: i to get back home.
2: Good morning. This is
4: your early Sunday morning gospel program, Morning Inspirations, here on Talk to You and Jam Radio. Good morning to you. Thanks for listening to us live and by way podcast. It's now 32, 32 minutes past the
2: hour. Morning prayer. Precious Father, our Father, and our God, come before you as,
4: as humbly as we can this morning saying thank you. Thank you once again, Lord, for keeping your angels around
2: us throughout tonight. Harm uh, we am in danger. Lord, we lift up those, Lord, First of all, Lord, we, we forgive, ask you to forgive us, Lord, for any for anything that we that we've done. on us, Lord.
4: in Jesus. We lift up those, Lord, listening to us live and by the way of podcast. We lift up those, Lord, who's in the hospital and hospice. and homes everywhere. We lift up that that man or that woman. Behind
2: prison walls, so we lift up that drug addict in a recovery home, that alcoholic in a recovery home. Lift them up to you, Lord, as well, Lord. Lift up those, Lord. Who don't know which way to go. We lift up those Lord who's on suicide watch. Come up to you as well, Lord. We lift up that abuse that abuse abused wife, that abused mother, that abused child. Come up to you as well, Lord. We lift up those, Lord. Those women of the night are walking the streets, Lord. But that that man, that woman who who are homeless, that family that's homeless, children, Lord. Lift up every child, Lord safe throughout the summer. Pray, Lord, there'll be less shootings in our city but in our country as well. Lift up Israel to you, Lord. Lift Israel. Lift them up. Lift them up to you as well, Lord. we lift up our pastor. Lord, uh, we lift up. I lift up Vanessa to you, Lord. Touch her by you, Lord. Touch her. In the name of Jesus, because I know by your stripes, she will be healed. Thank you in advance. Thank you in advance. I hope you enjoy your family. It was trying to your will. Grace Matters is up next. We'll be back with you at the top of the hour.
5: From the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America, this is Grace Matters with your host, Peter Martin.
6: The members of the ELCA welcome you to this Grace Matters broadcast and invite you to come worship with us. You can find a congregation close to you by going to www.elca.org and clicking on the congregation locator. My name is Susan Greeley, and I'll be back after Peter Marty's message with more information about this ministry. Well, friends,
1: here begins one of the most interesting journeys of your life and mine. Together we will experience life in so much of its texture and variety week after week. If we stay well in tune with each other, we'll get to explore hardship and joy, suffering and exhilaration, and everything in between. You know your life pretty well, and I think I know mine pretty well. But the only way for us to deepen our knowledge of who we really are And to grow our love more generously is to get better acquainted with God. That's been the aim and purpose of this radio ministry since its inception 57 years ago, getting to know God and the difference God can make in a life. Thanks to this great radio tradition and your faithful support of its ministry, we will continue on that journey of growing our knowledge and awareness of God. This God who is the maker of all things, bright and beautiful, not to mention the hope of the hopeless, the rest of the weary, and the strength of the weak. I'm convinced that the best way to know God really well is to discover God together. Together. Sure, we get to do all kinds of personal soul-searching in the privacy of our hearts, and yes, our individual study of Scripture often inspires better living. Most certainly, the silent prayers we mutter alone on our pillow at night add up to great significance. But there is nothing like discovering God together. Nothing. Nothing beats the blessing of companionship and the perspective of other believers and other people struggling to make sense of the truly unbelievable. It's going to be fun to explore the power and beauty of God in your life and in this precious world. This God who helps us all know so much more about how to live the good life than we could ever learn by ourselves. Well, what is this? good life that you want for yourself and that I want for myself. For one thing, it's a life full of rich experiences and even richer relationships. But it's also a life that enjoys selfless living more than selfish living. Jesus Christ, all of this goodness is for the taking. When I speak of being on a journey together with you, I smile with delight. I smile because I know that some of the best trips in my life have been those where the traveling itself was as eventful as the destination. Maybe you found the same thing to be true. In my t-shirt drawer, I have a colorful shirt with a happy guy on a mountain bike blanketing the front side of the shirt. And on the back side of the shirt is the phrase, the journey is the destination. In Christian living, this is so true. The journey is the destination. The journey of faith itself has its own beauty. It contains its own meaning. Jesus said to his disciples, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He meant it. He really did. I am the way, the path, the journey. I am the way for you to find hope and meaning. This is why early Christians referred to themselves as people of the way. Not as the church, but as people of the way. Christ's companionship on this journey that you and I share will be indispensable. Our walk is, quite frankly, a walk with Christ. And remember always, The journey is the destination. If anyone ever tells you that in their faith journey they have arrived, that somehow they have made it, perhaps because they feel completely saved, or they sport a bumper sticker that lets you know that they know Jesus, don't fully believe them. Don't believe that they have some inside track to God that you lack. Don't believe them for a minute. Faith does not mean that you have arrived. It means that you are on the way. The journey we share will be an adventurous one, I promise you. We're going to develop a special bond of companionship as you cook your supper, drive your truck, sip your cup of morning tea, get dressed for a day you may or may not be looking forward to, or listen in after tucking your child into bed. As we walk this way of faith together, I'll share my mind and heart freely with you, very freely, and I hope you'll share your heart and mind generously with me as well. You can do this in any number of ways. You can click onto the website and email your host with your comments, ideas, and faith. You can also share yourself by supporting this ministry with your financial gifts and your life of prayer, both of which are indispensable. Then, too, there may be that moment, that unexpected day of serendipitous grace, when you and I get to meet each other face-to-face. Who's to say? Who's to know? Along this journey, I'll introduce you to other voices. You'll get a chance to hear what other people are doing with their lives, how they're making extraordinary sense out of very ordinary days. I'll take you inside the minds of people who care about creatively connecting their faith with the rest of their life. We'll listen in on the words of people who know the difference between phoniness and integrity, between living a lie and speaking the truth who tap into the brilliance of big people and little people, who know what God can do with anyone open to transforming his or her life. So who am I, anyway? Who is your host on this radio? Well, most fundamentally, I have to tell you, I am Peter. Well, not just Peter, I suppose. In my best moments, I remember to think of myself as a child of God, as in Peter, comma, child of God. That's my full name. And behind that very full name is my life, a life that's packed with foibles and sins, tender thoughts, gentle actions, some cruel prejudices, I'm sure, a few harsh thoughts, all kinds of mysteries, talents, experiences, relationships, and idiosyncrasies as well. I'm guessing that you might share a number of these same virtues and vices I find in myself. I am also a husband, married to a terrific woman named Susan, who I often think knows me better than I know myself. Her love and support, her clear-headed faith, and her amazing grace, these things give me more perspective and more vision than I can handle some days. But her loveliness is just the reminder I need to get a better taste of the loveliness of God. I'm a father, too, and a proud one at that. Jacob and Rachel are in those teenage years when Susan and I get to practice the humble art of friendship with them, much as we still exercise our parenting skills. They seem to know who they are on most days. They care about a lot of important things, and they're on the road to leading really fruitful lives. That's what I see, at least through my admiring eyes. I'm also a pastor. Many of the insights you will gain from listening to this program will be shaped by the very people who have inhabited the congregations I have served. Living with these salt of the earth people, seven days a week, through all of their triumphs and tribulations, this is my constant privilege, my endless joy. And whenever I need a reason to slide off my chair and fall to my knees in gratitude to God, the people of God in my congregation are often that very reason. I'm also a seeker. Like you, I do not pretend to have the mysteries of God all figured out. I lack all kinds of wisdom and knowledge. I know I do not have faith enough so as to move mountains. And most certainly, there is not the level of love flowing out of my life that the world deserves. So I remain a seeker, a happy seeker, but a seeker nonetheless. For I know that as good as life can get, and on many days it is so very good, isn't it? I also know that there is more to behold. There is more to learn, more to nurture, more to grow. And so I am busy pursuing a richer and deeper life in the Lord, even as I know that God in Christ is busy pursuing me. It's this quest and this search of yours and mine that takes us into so many interesting places, rough places, smooth places, treacherous places wild places, sometimes really wild places. Today I want to speak with you about these wild places we encounter in life. Let's call them wildernesses, spiritual wildernesses. They're part of the journey of faith. They're an inescapable portion of the road of life. And when I return in a moment, I'll have a word about why the wildest places in your life can be the perfect setting to discover God. the age of 30 we believe Jesus was baptized Jordan River water that soaked him was probably as muddy and murky then as it is today but everything else about the day looked clear and bright you know the story of his baptism this was the day remember when the heavens opened up and a voice from heaven told Jesus what he had going for him in life you are my son the beloved one you I am well pleased I can't think of a better way or a more encouraging word with which to begin one's ministry or vocation. Just imagine the beauty of someone telling you in the morning just before you set out to do some impossible task that no one quite compares to you, that your goodness is unparalleled, that something about your character is absolutely precious, that you always have a place in this world and you always belong. Best of all, You belong to someone who thinks you're something special. Just imagine that. The inspiration of those very words would be enough to send you out on a complete high. Well, so began the ministry of Jesus on a complete high. But do you know the first place where this exhilarating new ministry landed him? In the wilderness. That's right. In the desert, in the middle of nowhere, where nothing tender dwells where only some wild hyenas and a whole lot of sand flies make their home. Jesus barely had his hair wiped dry when he landed out in the wild, the middle of nowhere. Matthew, in the fourth chapter of his gospel account, tells the story like this. After he was baptized, Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished On their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again the devil took him to a very high mountain, and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. He said to Jesus, All of these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left Jesus. Suddenly angels came and waited on him. Back in 1998, a man by the name of Bruce Filer spent a year traversing the land associated with the first five books of the Bible. Traveling by foot, jeep, rowboat, and camel, he crossed three continents, five countries, and four war zones. He visited the sites we connect with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He passed through Egypt where Joseph was enslaved and where Moses was born. He climbed Mount Nebo where Moses died gazing at the promised land. And from this whole experience, Bruce Filer published a moving book entitled Walking the Bible. Now guess what segment of the journey impacted Feiler more than any other? Yes, it was the desert. His sojourns in the desert, dependent on canned food and bottled water, roasting in the sun by day and freezing at night, sleeping in tents, stirred by the vastness of it all, awed by the stars and sunrises, it was the wildness of the desert that left the deepest impression on Bruce Feiler. You cannot spend three days in the desert, he writes, and not believe in God. You realize how dependent you are on the elements, and ultimately, how small you are. To be out in the desert is to be separated from the familiar. That's what the word desert literally means, to be torn from the knit, ripped away from society's normal fabric. De serere. It is to be separated from home, left to unfamiliar and uncongenial surroundings. You don't have to be out in the wilderness for very long before you realize that you're left to contend solely with yourself. Nothing else to focus on except for your own heartbeat and the peril of being dislocated. Oh, yes, there are those sand flies that remind you of how small and helpless you really are. But it's mostly you alone, and there's nothing to distract you from dealing with anything but yourself. Wildernesses can be terrifying, Maybe a doctor in the surgical waiting room has leveled that all-telling phrase to your face. The news is not good. The cancer is much more pervasive than I had anticipated. Wilderness. Maybe you're looking forward to the joy and blessing of Easter morning this year, but not totally. For you know that immediately after the complete high of the morning, you must return to a home where the chair on the other side of the kitchen table sits empty this year. Wilderness. Perhaps you work for someone who acts as if you do not matter and who pays you just the same. Wilderness. We all have these bewildering moments and experiences in life if only we'll look deep enough to recognize them for the chaos and cruelty they present. But for all of the rudeness of being confused and bewildered in tough times, there's also something positive and transforming about every wilderness experience, or that can be. I, for one, am convinced that Jesus was a totally different person because of his 40 days in the wild. Because he had plummeted to the depths of utter abandonment, he was no longer afraid of anything. He would carry this fearlessness into the rest of his ministry, Having spent 40 days in total vulnerability, with no place to hide from himself or from God, he discovered that God was the last great hope, the one whom he could never afford to ignore. Enduring the wilderness gave Jesus strength for the journey. You might take some time and jot down a few memories of wildernesses you have had to endure, and remember, don't just think of hot and dry places where hyenas whoop and howl in the night. Think of those terribly lonely moments when you weren't sure if you would make it to the next dawn. Consider those awful occasions when you felt bereft of every simple comfort and then, in the vividness of those memories, seek out the strength that came to you from having lived in such isolation. Look for the ways that God gave you new hope and lessened fear. Try your very best to remember who it was that walked with you into a new day, that friend, that loved one, that plain old neighbor whom you never knew cared a whit about you. Nothing beats the blessing of companionship when it comes to knowing God. Admittedly, we sometimes get stripped bare along the way. We face desolate times that we give just about anything to avoid. But out of that desolation, and from our deepest desert experiences comes the possibility of new life, of journeying together with others who are willing to walk the way with us. When I think of the biblical faith that I want grounding my life and that you want grounding yours, I remind myself that most of the biblical story is not about great heroes sitting down and figuring out what they believe. Rather, a story of people on a journey, people on a pilgrimage, And when I consider the joy of this radio ministry, I think of the privilege of walking together with you. We get to covenant to walk together in the ways of the Lord. Sure, there will be some wild and treacherous, and yes, lonely stops along each of our ways, but from these bewildering experiences in our varied faith lives will come great strength and great closeness with God. We'll be back in a moment with some closing
6: thoughts. You're listening to Pastor Peter Marty on Grace Matters, the radio ministry of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America. This is Susan Greeley, inviting you to request CD copies of this program or a written transcript of Peter's message. Just follow the links online or write to us at our postal address. You can also call us at 1 800 638 3522. Grace Matters is a listener-supported ministry. You can show your appreciation for this program by clicking now on the Support Grace Matters link and making a tax-deductible contribution online. Thank you for helping us share the good news of God's amazing grace with others.
1: 20th century American writer and Trappist monk, who spent his last quarter century living at an abbey in Kentucky. While there, Merton wrote a little prayer about the adventure of faith. As I pray his prayer now, I want you to consider your own journey of faith and all of its unknowns. Believe, if you will, with Thomas Merton, that the pursuit or quest for God is as important as the presence of God itself. The journey is the destination. I am a seeker. You are a seeker. And best of all, we get to seek the Lord's goodness together. Let us pray. My Lord God, I have no idea where I am going. I do not see the road ahead of me. I cannot know for certain where it will end. Nor do I really know myself And the fact that I think that I am following your will does not mean that I am actually doing so. But I believe that the desire to please you does in fact please you. And I hope I have that desire in all that I am doing. I hope that I will never do anything apart from that desire. And I know that if I do this, you will lead me by the right road, though I may know nothing about it. Therefore, therefore will I trust you always, though I may seem to be lost, and in the shadow of death, I will not fear, for you are ever with me, and you will never leave me to face my perils alone. Let us pray together Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses.
5: of the Evangelical Lutheran Church in America.
4: Minutes past the hour on your early morning gospel program. Sunday morning, morning
1: inspirations.
4: Good morning to you and yours. Thank you all for listening, tuning in, and downloading us.
1: This is morning inspirations with Minister
2: Kenneth Jenkins. I know, okay.
4: Carlisle, and my love, good morning to you and yours. This is your early morning, Sunday, early Sunday, early Sunday morning gospel program, Mornings Precious. Hopefully that you're up and around so you can get ready for Sunday school and your regular Sunday service. This is the with. How can
3: This
7: is Donnie McQuiggan, and I've got a personal note that I'd really like to drop in your spirit today. I want you to understand the blessings of God and how they're supposed to enhance our lives. Blessings are not always financial, but the Bible says in Proverbs 10 and 22, it says, the blessings of God makes us rich and adds no sorrow. This richness that it's speaking of deals with our lives being full, our lives being complete, our joy being prevalent. Notice us being seen as someone who profits in God. The richness of God deals with a soul that is healed, a spirit that is in touch with Jesus. Our lives being rich is having our family whole, as having our friends close, and even our enemies reconciled. The Blessings of God makes us rich and will take your sorrows away.
1: Justin's football skills were so-so, and the coach made him second-string kicker. In other words, Justin warmed the bench. But Justin could heat up practice. Day after day, he teed up and kicked the ball, not far at first, but every day a little farther. Then came the unexpected. The first-team kicker was down, and Justin went in. Now practice paid off. Justin kicked and the ball sailed high between the uprights over the goalpost. This is Howard Butt, Jr. of Laity Lodge. Jesus says the faithful in a little are faithful in a lot. Our daily routines call us to be faithful in small ways so that at a moment's notice, we are ready for the big game in the high calling of our daily work.
6: For more information, visit ourdailywork.org
1: this is morning inspirations with Minister Kenneth Jenkins
6: and Graham lots with daily light for daily living. All around us are broken homes, broken hearts, broken hopes. But God never intended us to be broken. He didn't just create us, plop us down on planet Earth and say, happy birthday, now you can guess your way through life. God as our creator has specific directions for our lives. Psalm 119.2 says, blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with a whole heart. If we live according to his directions, our lives work. We're blessed and we experience life the way it was meant to be lived. If we ignore a rejected direction, we do so to our own detriment and experience much less than he intended. His directions form a pattern that prevents breakage of our lives to help mend the brokenness already present. Listen to me. Trust in his word, and follow his directions. Your life will work. This is Anne Graham Lodge. Six
1: Ordinary Days, Does It Really Matter? Answers with Ken Ham, a speaker at the popular Answers in Genesis Seminars. I've often heard Christians say something like, well, as long as we believe God created, it doesn't matter whether we believe he did it in six literal days or not. I actually get this question a lot, especially on radio talk show programs. Well, let me answer it this way. Why do we believe in the resurrection of Christ? Let's be honest, we haven't seen someone rise from the dead in our day. We believe it because of the words in the Bible. So if we accept the plain, straightforward words of the Bible in the book of Genesis, just as we do for the account of the resurrection, then it's obvious that God created everything in six literal days. We must let God speak to us through the language of Scripture. If we don't, then we undermine the entire Bible. Christians need to be careful in how we rightly divide the word of truth, as 2 Timothy 2.15 teaches us. One of the most popular programs inside our Creation Museum is our planetarium, and the very video shown there is now available to you for home viewing. We'll mail you a copy for a donation of any size. Call us 24 hours a day, toll-free, at 1-888-89-ANSWERS. Our nonprofit ministry can be reached at 888-89-ANSWERS, or get the Created Cosmos DVD through our website of AnswersOffer.org.
2: Hey, churchgoers, looking for the little morning inspiration?
4: Well, listen to Morning Inspirations and
2: the JAM Radio Network with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.
4: Remind you that on tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time is Nation Talk,
2: right here on Talkshoe and Jam Radio.
3: Little time.
5: I don't want to live in rebellion to you anymore. I ask you to forgive me. And tonight I open my heart and I invite you into my life to be my Savior and my Lord. I believe, Jesus, you are the Son of God. I believe you died for me to pay the price all the wrong things that I've committed against God and against man. I believe that on the third day, by the power of God, you were raised from the dead as living proof that my trust in you tonight is not in vain. I believe that as Christ was raised from the dead, so tonight Almighty God, you are raising me from the dead, from the death of sin. You are giving me a new life, the life of Jesus Christ. Oh God, on my testimony and the belief in my heart and according to your word, at this moment I believe, I am saved.
8: Oh, let me ask you, friends, in closing tonight, have you done this? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you obeyed the gospel? Have you come to that obedience of faith? Have you come to that place of true repentance and true faith? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Have you turned around? Have you forsaken your sin? Are you trusting alone tonight in Jesus Christ for your salvation? For there is no other way. There is no other message. For there is no other way. There is no other
3: message.
8: Oh, come to Him. Come to the Savior tonight. Come to Him just as you are. Come to Him in your sin. Come to Him in all your needs. And cast yourself upon His mercy and upon His infinite grace. Cast yourself upon His mercy and And upon His infinite grace. Cast yourself
4: wholly to Him. And you too will enter into that joy of sins forgiven, peace with God, and eternal, abundant life through Jesus Christ our Lord. That's going to do it for yours truly until tonight, 8 p.m. Eastern Time, for Nisha Talk. Until then. God bless you. Have a wonderful Sunday. And we'll see you at a church near you.
1: This is Morning Inspirations
2: with Minister Kenneth Jenkins.